Uh, let's see. We are um, just going to look at a passage here together. It's going to be probably a, a shorter service here. Um, I think we might even uh, talk to Jeremy about singing some songs after we're done here, but um, I don't know. We'll trust that it'll be a shorter message here. I, I think every week I tell the band, be ready to do an extra song, and uh, well, we haven't done that in a really long time, So, but they've been ready. So, Anyways, so we're just going to look at a few practical things about Christmas this week, things that we can be practicing um, throughout the week, things we can practice on Christmas Day. Um, we're going to look at really one, uh, the, the verses from Matthew, just on kind of the account of the wise men and their interaction with the Christ, see what we can pull away from that. So anyways, let's just go ahead and pray first, and then we'll look at this passage together here. All right, if you guys will, let's just bow our heads together here. Uh, well, Lord Jesus, we, we just look to you this morning. I uh, pray that you would speak to us in a fresh way uh, related to your birth, related to celebrating your birth. And um, God, I just pray you'd help each one of us hear from you, help us to respond to whatever you put on our heart. God, I pray this week we would just have a ton of joy um, as, as we celebrate your birth and we would also just have a lot of opportunities to worship you. Lord, there could be a lot of hustle and bustle as we celebrate your birth, but I pray that we would not miss the heart of it, that we would not miss you this Christmas and this season. And, and we just ask you to meet us here this morning and open our eyes to your scriptures. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's see. If you guys have a, a house Bible on your table there or near your chair, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 2, and it's page 956. Matthew chapter 2. Page 956. And we're going to read uh, the first 12 verses of the chapter here. And let's see, we'll just read it together, look at a few thoughts here, and maybe spend some more time worshiping the Christ of Christmas. So um, here we go. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. All right. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd, who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time when this star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So, this morning we're just going to 
really one theme we're going to focus on this morning, and um, it's, it's listed up here. It's just The theme will be worshiping the Christ of Christmas. And we're going to see what we can learn from the wise men from their example that they gave us here. And one of the ways I'd like to start and kind of frame the time is um, kind of the idea that uh, Christmas, the whole celebration of Christmas, the birth of Christ, it's, it's designed to be like a birthday celebration. And so, um, I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I just have a hard time connecting with birthday party and Christmas. You know, I have a hard time bringing them together in my mind. But as we look at the scriptures and as we kind of uh, catch the heart of what was going on here, we see there's a lot of similarities to a birthday celebration and what Christmas is supposed to be about here. I think in some ways the reason I have a hard time with it is because well, maybe what the intention of Christmas is, that celebration is over time and through all the celebration and all the travel and all the gifts that we receive and stuff, it can, can lose some of its meaning, you know, from the original intention of celebrating the birth of the Christ here. Um, but I want to give you a few, few ways, a few similarities that I see with um, kind of a birthday celebration and Christmas here. Um, the first one is just in a birthday in a birthday party, in a birthday celebration, it's designed to be a time of celebrating, a time of joy. It's supposed to be a fun time. You know, I think when it comes to Christmas, I think most of us resonate with that. Yeah, Christmas is supposed to be a fun time. I think we don't, we haven't lost that so much. Um, you know, I think another thing about uh, a birthday celebration is that it's designed to be a time where you center your attention on one person. You come for whoever's birth you're celebrating, birthday, and you give all your attention there. And I don't know, any of you twins out there? Any of you had to share your attention on, on your birthday? I don't know. It's designed generally to have a, a single focal point of whoever it is, birthday, you're celebrating. I think that's, um, that's supposed to be the intention of Christmas as well. I think sometimes there, we, can, um, we can lose the center of attention when it comes to... You know, a lot of times, if you ask people, or maybe check your own heart, what's the best thing about Christmas? What's, what is the thing that means the most to you? A lot of times, people will say, oh, it's time with family, or it's a time of giving, or it's time of... But really, we, we want to not miss that it's, it's designed to be focused on the Christ of Christmas. His birth is what we're celebrating. And uh, a lot of people have a lot of good things they do on Christmas, but if we miss celebrating His birth being joyful about that, we miss really the whole reason for it. Um, another thing that's similar with Christmas and a birthday celebration is that at a birthday you give gifts, right? Um, and you usually give gifts to the person of honor here. And we see a lot of this played out here with the, the way the wise men related to the Christ. You know, it's, they came and when they found where he was at, uh, I like this verse here, uh, verse 10 just says, when they saw the star, which was where the Christ was at, they were overjoyed. There was definitely a, a time of joyfulness and a celebration there. Um, and then, let's see, the focal point. Jesus was obviously the Christ was the the focus of their attention there. And then, and then they gave him gifts. You know, we're gonna we're gonna read that section again here, but um, we just want to set the stage that it's supposed to be a time of celebration, focusing on the person whose birth they're celebrating, and then a, a time of even giving gifts. To that person. One of the things I want to ask you, maybe a practical, I was reading about uh, Rick Warren, the pastor of uh, Saddleback Community Church out in uh, California. I think it's one of the largest churches in America. And he was talking about just a family tradition that they have 
dating back to when I saw a picture when he was like a three-year-old or something like that. But their family would do literally do like a birthday celebration uh, in honor of Jesus. And they'd have a cake and they'd have time of giving gifts. But one of the things that I really liked from their, their practice there was that as a family, he said they've been doing this for uh, uh, now I think it's almost five decades that they've been celebrating that tradition as a family. But one of the things that they would do was that they would say to, to one another, um, they would just kind of say, hey, what, what do I want to give Christ this year? What do I want to give Him as a part of this year? And, and you know, I think that's a, oh, I don't know, that, that's a little bit rattling to my thinking. I don't come into Christmas and sit down, you know, and go, okay, what am I going to give Christ this year? What am I, you know, I think it's a lot easier to be like, okay, what did, uh, you know, in, in my wife's family we go for Christmas, one of the traditions we have is, you draw a name of someone in the family. You can't buy gifts for everyone, so you kind of have this name drawing uh, tradition. And you know, I got—I uh, think I got Uncle Shane this year, and um, you know, and someone else is buying a gift for me. And a lot of the time, you come together, and it's kind of like, what did they get me? You know, and who's buying the gift? And you know, and what did they get me? And um, but rarely have I thought, what am I going to give Christ this year? And I want to maybe challenge challenge us all with that thought. I was challenged by it, but you might think through over the next few days and. Um, just this, you know, this Christmas week, um, what is something you can give to Christ this year? What is something you can give to Him that maybe you've never thought about it like that? Uh, maybe offering some area of your life, maybe offering something that's dear to you and giving to Christ something. I want you to think about that as a, um, you know, as you go throughout this week. You find something practical. I know I'm, I'm going to try to figure that out. I don't exactly know what that's going to be yet, but I'm, uh, you know, I think I've got some ideas here. But anyways, um, now, another thing we're going to look at here is um, kind of the differences. What's similar to a Christmas celebration and a birthday and Christmas? What are the differences between um, uh, Christmas and a birthday? And, and maybe I'll even open it up to some of you out here. We've kind of got the coffee house setting here, so we, get, we can be a little interactive. But what's something different between Christmas and a birthday celebration? Christmas celebrating the birth of Christ and any other birthday celebration? Anyone? Santa, yes, yes. Uh, Santa, Santa's never been to my birthday party that I know of, so yeah, I totally agree. Nice. What are some other differences here? Um, right. Uh, Christ. Yeah. So Christ, like uh, you know, usually when you have a birthday party, like the person who you're celebrating is actually at the birthday party, right? In a, in a physical way. And you like, you know, make a wish, blow out your candles, things like that. But in this, in this way, it's a little different in that Christ in his body is, is not at the celebration. In some ways, I think it's easier that way to forget him, you know. Um, I think, um, any other ones you guys come to there? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a very good one there. Um, it's, so yeah, usually when we have a birthday party nowadays, you put candles on your cake and that's how old you are and you celebrate it. But with the birth of Jesus, what do we do with Him? It's kind of like He's always a baby, you know? It's like, okay, there's have a party and there's a picture of baby Jesus and, you know, and next year we come back and it's still baby Jesus, you know? And it's, a, it's, it's an interesting sort of thing to think about, but it's kind of the birthday of the person who never grows older, you know? And uh, I think maybe we want to get our, our, our minds and our, our hearts outside of the box on that one because, um, you know, I think one of the things we need to catch is Jesus is not a baby anymore. You know, uh, one of the reasons I think people 
tend to come to Christmas services in general is because it's talking about baby Jesus. You know, baby Jesus is cute. He's cuddly. He's lying in a manger. He can't do anything to hurt me. He's just, it's just baby Jesus, you know. And so someone can visit because they go, I know the message has got to be about baby Jesus and I'm safe, you know. He's got no, no problems with me, baby Jesus. And so, um, but he's not a baby anymore. That's one thing I want us to catch this week as we remember the Christ and as we seek to worship him. I want to give you some verses here that hopefully will change your picture of who who you're to worship over Christmas here. Um, another thing, you know, we think about, yeah, the age thing was Jeff mentioned. If we were celebrating the actual birth of Christ, we would have to have approximately 2,008 candles on the cake, you know, and we don't, we don't do that anymore. And if we celebrated his actual age, then it would be he's from eternity, from the ancient of times. I don't know what we'd ever do with candles there. Um, the other thing, uh, maybe one of the final differences I noted just in the difference between a birthday and Christmas is that at a birthday, someone's the center of attention. If you're having a birthday, it's kind of the one time of year where you can go like, all right, you know, a few more kudos here, a little applause, sing to me, whatever. Um, but with the Christ, it's different in that not only is he to be the center of attention, he's to be the center of worship. And there's no other birthday on the planet where someone should be worshipped. If that goes on in your birthday parties, something's, uh, something's blasphemy or something. I know we've got to cut that out. But, uh, but the, the celebration of the Christ's birthday is, is the place where he's to be worshipped. And that's definitely different. And um, let's look again here at just the, kind of the first birthday party, if you will, with the wise men. And they're showing up at the party and they've got their gifts. And um, we'll just read a little bit of this together here again. Um, verse 9, we'll start it. After they've heard the king, they went on their way. The star they'd seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. There's a time of celebration, time to be overjoyed. Um, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and of myrrh. And having been warmed in a dream, not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. But we see some of these elements of the the first Christmas celebration, if you will. And uh, there's some things we want to catch from it. But uh, one of the first things you, you see here is, uh, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. Just in case you're coming from a different sort of church background, if there's any confusion in your mind, um, I want you to make sure you catch this. You know, uh, some people have different religious backgrounds related to the Bible and who Jesus was and who Mary was. But when the wise men came... They saw his mother Mary, and it says very clearly, they bowed down and worshipped him. They didn't worship her. Sometimes there's some confusion over who's to be worshipped at the nativity. And it is not Mary. And it is not any the gold. It is not anything else. It is the Christ who was worshipped there. And they, they bowed down and worshipped him. Um, another thing we can learn from this, you know, this picture here uh, of the worship of, of the Christ, the title this, this morning is just Worshipping the Christ of Christmas. And... Um, Maybe we could turn to a verse here. Uh, if you guys have your Bibles with me, it's Psalm 95 and verse 6. Psalm 95 and verse 6. And it says this. We remember um, the message to the shepherds. It said, uh, you know, the angels are speaking to the shepherds and they say, Today has been born to you the Savior. He is Christ the Lord. It was the Lord who was born, and he was in baby form at the time there, but um, he was still the Lord. And 
And this verse 95, I think, relates to, to how we should be relating to him even this week. It says this, um, Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. But that first phrase there says, Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. You know, I don't know um, in your own life, in your own relationship with God, uh, how this verse relates to you. But I know myself, and even this Christmas season, I've been trying to practice that more, to bow down before the Lord, just in the privacy of, of my own home or a place where no one else is, that I can just bow down and worship Him. And it's a, it's a fitting thing that you bow down and worship your Lord. And, and I think that's something I want to encourage you all to do this week, this Christmas, maybe even Christmas Day, um, that you find time to get away and get on your knees before your Lord, your Maker. And, and he, is, he is the Lord, the Christ that we remember, the birth of the Christ. Well, He is the Lord of the universe. He is our Lord. It is fitting for us to, to bow down and worship Him. And, it was, and that's exactly what the wise men did. Um, and, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about just in that, uh, in my own life, uh, oh, let me see, I don't know about some of this. A few of you might have, uh, I have my back aches. The older I get, the more aches I get in my back here. I've got a few vertebrae that just kind of seem to want to go different directions and my shoulders and a lot of things pop in my back. I know there's a few, I think Jeff's got a good uh, back that uh, he's got, his chiropractor loves him, I think. But, um, um, you know, but one of the things that I've noticed, it's kind of a silly thing, but it's, it's a very uh, personal thing to me is, uh, you know, there's times when, when I get down on my knees, before the Lord, you know, it's kind of funny. My back, things pop into place, you know. I, I get down on my knees and things start just going, you know, in my back here. And maybe that's a bad sign. Maybe not. I don't know. But um, one of the thoughts I feel like God's impressed on my heart during that time is that somehow that when we're on our knees before our Maker, um, the way, the phrase I like to think of is that things just seem to align. When we're on our knees before our Maker, it's a very fitting thing to be on our knees and He's the Lord and our God. And when we're on our knees before Him, it just kind of shows, hey, you're the God and I'm the person on the knees and this is a, a very fitting thing. And life seems to align. If you've got problems and worries and stresses, if you bow down and pray and seek the Lord, I think you'll find that it just gives you a perspective where everything starts to come into place again. And you know, any problems I have, is the best way to connect is... is on my knees before my Lord. And I want you to, to think about it this season. You know, we're facing some different trials and the economy and so there's things that can make us nervous. But, um, you know, if you feel troubled at all, if you don't have a great joy uh, going into this Christmas, I encourage you, the place to find it is on your knees before your Lord. And, uh, and I just encourage you to practice that this Christmas. You might not have done that in Christmas this past. Maybe even this week you might practice a few times just getting alone with the Lord and just worshiping Him. Um, as your Savior, as the Lord of the universe, as the Messiah who has come into this world and, and overcome and who's coming again, you know, and I encourage you to do that as a practice. Another thing I want you to do is when you're worshiping, so that's worshiping with your body. They came, before they got to their gifts or anything, they, they worshiped with their very body. And so that's our, our first thing. Worship, worship the Christ with your body this Christmas. I encourage you to do that. Um, we think of the verse in Romans 12.1 that says, um, Read that real quick here. It says this. It says, um, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy 
and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So offer your body this, this Christmas season physically. Get down before the Lord and, and worship Him that way. The other thing I want you to do, which we talked about, is worship an accurate picture, an accurate picture of the Christ. Like I say, some of you in your minds, you might have cute little baby Jesus, you know, and uh, I know in some places where they celebrate Christmas, they've, we had some churches we're a part of, they had a gigantic production, probably a couple thousand at their church, and they had this time once where there was an actual baby in this manger and all these lights flashing, and um, I want to get us to think a little differently about the Christ this Christmas. And if you have a Bible, you can turn with me here, but um, it's, it's in the book of Revelation, first chapter of Revelation. Page is uh, 1215 in your house Bible here. And let's see. We're just going to look at starting at verse 12 here. And hopefully you might, maybe this will restructure the image you have of the one you're worshiping or the one you're to worship. And John is having this vision where he interacts with the Christ, with, with Jesus in heaven in this vision. And this is what he writes, he sees, and this is how he responds. Verse 12, it says this, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands, lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire, and his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell down at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys of death in Hades. When you spend time worshiping the Christ, you know, remember, He's not a baby anymore. He is enthroned in heaven right now with, with our Heavenly Father. And He's going to return as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And, you know, sometimes, uh, like we talked about last week, if you're reading the one-year Bible at all during the Christmas season, you're coming through Revelation and some other things, but even as you go through Revelation... Maybe I look for ways that you can more accurately have a, a picture of the Christ and worship Him in, you know, in a very, in a more accurate way, maybe in a more reverent way than, than the baby. Jesus did come as a baby. There's a lot we can learn from the humility in that and stuff. But the Christ who we worship now is no longer a baby. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. He arose to heaven. He's enthroned in heaven and He's returning. And He, he should be worshiped with reverence and with awe. And I hope you catch that. There's some different chapters that continue to describe the Christ. You can look, look at on your own this week. But um, there's a description of, oh, I think in the last few chapters of Revelation here that kind of will give us more and more complete picture of this Christ we worship. And so, anyways, worship Him with your body. Worship Him with an accurate view. And the last one is we're going to look at here is just um, from the passage there that says... I like the phrase. It says they opened... Let's see, back to chapter 2, Matthew. They bowed down and worshipped Him. 
They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh. And, you know, some of you, you might have heard these already, the different gifts there, but gold was, uh, gold is a way that you honored a king. They brought gifts of gold. Gold was used to honor a king back in the days there, and, um, and so they brought with them gold. And then they brought incense. You know, an incense was something that was used in worship. Incense was to be used to honor God Himself. It was to be used as an act of worship. And then myrrh. Myrrh was something that related to death and burial. And then again, the Christ, He was fully God and to be worshipped and He's King. But He was also a man, a very real human being and, and He experienced a very real death. And myrrh kind of uh, represents, you know, relates to Christ experiencing death for us. And so those were the gifts that they brought and they were symbolic of several different things and you know as you look through the gifts you might try to offer Christ this year you might be running low on gold I don't know I don't got much gold hanging around myself Um, or incense you know we don't have incense we're burning around or myrrh or things like that each of these were of of significant value Um, but I like how it says that they opened their treasures and each one of you can um, you have treasures that you can offer Christ this year and this Christmas and really one of the greatest treasures you have is your heart your heart is uh, is precious and you have the ability to open it to Christ or not to give Him all of it or not and so I just want to encourage you to, to check your heart this Christmas and see if there's anything that's taken up space in your heart that's really uh, something that could be offered to Christ freshly some area of your life maybe it relates to relationships there's something you need to give up and, and offer that area to Christ. Or maybe it's related to finances that uh, maybe gold or money has a, a higher place in your heart than it should. And it's, it's squeezing out room that would otherwise be occupied by the Christ. But I encourage you to, to search your heart and offer it, maybe freshly, to, to Jesus this Christmas season. Whether it's on Christmas Day or kind of the days leading up to it. But um, He wants your heart. I think of the verse where Jesus taught is in Matthew 7, but He just said, Where... Where your, um, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. They opened up their treasures to Him. You know, they didn't give Him, they didn't re-gift something to the Christ. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's like, oh, i got to give some sort of gift here, and I really don't like this, i got extras of these, so I'm just going to give that. They didn't do that. They gave out of their treasures. And I'm going to make sure that if you're giving Christ something this year, that it's, it's something that's dear to you, it's something that's treasured, and you offer it to Him out of your treasures. And, and where your heart is, there's where your treasure will be. And we just want to maybe do a heart check this Christmas. But um, just to summarize again, um, you know, just to see what they did here. I like this, just this passage. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother married. They bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and of myrrh. And this Christmas, uh, the spirit of it is maybe that we can have a heart of worship, that we can worship with our bodies, that we can worship... Um, with an accurate picture of Christ, and we can worship with our hearts. So we're going to take some time to worship the Lord a little more here this morning. Uh, we're going to repeat some of these songs here. And then, Jeremy, if your voice gives out, we will sing uh, on your behalf or whatever. There's some really good songs here that have the heart of worship in them. So let's, let's try to do that um, today and, and all week long here.